When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Oh, good morning to you. It is Monday, 21st of November. Top 17 across Adelaide today. Partly cloudy, just looking at the news as well, saying there could be wind gusts of up to 100 kilometres across Adelaide. So there's a bit of an SA weather warning out and about. So look out for that. It's a man who needs no introduction, but if he did have one, it would go something like this. If he were to pat you on the back, you would list it on your resume. Both sides of his pillow are cool. So cool. When in Rome, they do as he does. Indeed. He is the most interesting man in the world. And he goes by the name of Bryce Gibbs. Good morning to you, Gibbs. <laughs> what an intro to start the week, Hazy. Thanks for that. No, you're very welcome. How are you today? I'm um, not too bad. Uh, a little bit tired. A uh, bit of a busy weekend. Uh, I had a wedding on Saturday. One of my good mates finally got hitched. And, uh, yeah, we celebrated... Um, Strongly. Strongly? Yeah. How, how, does, how does one strongly celebrate something? Uh, just with a few uh, few beverages, a bit of a... I even got on the dance floor on Saturday night, I'm, and I'm not a dancer. Did you? Uh, that means you at a very interesting level if you thought you were good and confident enough to dance. You know, when I'm on the dance floor, I'm, uh, I'm certainly starting to tick over by mm. that point, Hazy. You, but, um, you think you're ready to dance, but in all... I mean, to be absolutely truthful, the last thing you should be doing is dancing in that sort of state. Absolutely. We were talking about it yesterday at the, at the recovery drinks uh, at a pub in the city. And we are just saying, you can imagine just the people just sitting in, at the back of the room, just watching us carry on on the dance floor going, have a look at these blokes. Mm. They have got no idea what they're doing. Just a bunch of pelicans. Just uh, trying to stick to the beat. And uh, it's not quite working, but, um, you know... Got out there and had a crack. Yeah, that's all you can do. Put it out there. But that's the thing, isn't it? When you are dancing and people are like, well, what What song are they dancing to? <laughs> because it's not the one that the DJ is trying to play. Your body is not moving to the, the sound of the beat. Just not in unison at all. It wasn't. But, um, you know, it's good to be uh, good to be comfortable being uncomfortable sometimes, Hazy. And yeah. uh, that's, that's, all, that's all we did. Just got out of your comfort zone, did I you? Did. I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, 1,000 beers will help you do that, <laughs> it won't it? certainly will. Yeah. Uh, what a weekend it was. Interesting weekend. Uh, mixed bag. Let's go through our little Adelaide sports team's checklist. So let's start with the Crows, of course. Prelim final. Unfortunately, couldn't quite get over the line against the Brisbane Lions. Lions went to the grand final. Strikers, though, oh, yes. Big game against the Thunder yesterday. Congratulations to the girls. 36 has had a mixed weekend. Got over Melbourne United on Thursday night. But unfortunately, you're only as good as your last game. It was against the Breakers. In saying that, a pretty solid effort. We'll speak about that a little bit later on. Redbacks v Queensland. That's happening as we speak, but whoops, my finger slipped. What a start. 
I wish I hope it rains all today. <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope. Yeah. yeah. The longer it rains, that's what's going to hopefully save the Redbacks. For a chance. But, mm. uh, yeah, mixed mix bag of results for our, our SA teams, as you said. Hey, 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 oh, you're still going? Adelaide Lightning. Bang. Oh, there you go. There you go. Finish on a good note. But it's a mixed bag, like you said. Yeah. But that's okay. Mm. That's okay. We'll keep, uh, we'll keep supporting them, keep turning up, and keep trying to get them over the line, because that's all we can do. So all you can do is just keep on turning up and uh, keep on trying to put your best foot forward. Um, Adelaide team's come back today as well. First to fourth year players. Pre-season has officially, well, it will begin this morning at around about nine-ish. So that's unbelievable. What a quick off-season it was. It just sort of feels like the AFL season doesn't really stop. Because every time you're like, okay, now we're genuine in the off-season, pre-season starts. Because there's so much stuff happening behind the scenes. But the AFL, and they do it very, very well, just to make sure that, that for the most part of the year that they're in the spotlight, uh, we're always talking about it. Yeah, they do a very good job at that, don't they, Hazy? Mm. But yeah, you're right. It, it does seem to go very quick. And I mean, for the players as well, they probably only would have had two to three weeks off absolutely doing nothing. They would have been doing a lot of training in their, their off-season, as we know. And these days, Andrew, it's quite sad because you have to come back fit for pre-season. Yes. So you've got to come back fit to then get fit for the season. We've spoken about this before. I reckon one, even at Sample, they've had one season where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to relax, let the body recover and come back and genuinely use the preseason to get fit. Well, you think that's what it's for. It's what it's for. But when you do that and you start from scratch and you're trying to use that to get back fit, it is hell. The first, Putting your body through that. That first couple of weeks, especially. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it is absolute hell. And when you're trying to get fit, Versus when you are fit, it's a different type of pain when you're pushing yourself through the pain barrier. So when you're trying to get fit, it's just all your joints ache, your heart's doing things it didn't know it was capable of. <laughs> There's pain in spots that are not supposed to have pain receptors. But when you are fit and you try and take it to the next level, it's a good pain. I wouldn't say it's not a good pain, but it's a bearable pain. And it's completely different. Makes it a bit you, easier, doesn't it? Yeah. You, you might not know that I'm, pain I'm, because I'm, you haven't always been somewhat of a... um running enthusiast. I'm always in the hurt locker. That, that's my <laughs> issue. But you're right. Uh, always the first two weeks, I reckon it is, of pre-season that, that are the hardest because, as you said, you, you start feeling pains in areas of your body which you didn't even know pain could get there. Mm, like in the, in the ends of your hair. Yeah. I was painful hair, you know? <laughs> Fingernails are hurting. Yeah. Um, so they all kick off today, the first to four-year players, and... There's every chance they probably run a 2K this morning. That's usually uh, the first thing straight off the bat. So so, we're going to be running with the wind. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> they, I think they're still running at the uni loop, the Adelaide Crows. So they might be down there uh, pretty soon getting on the line. Bit of nervous energy always uh, in the lead up to a 2K time trial. But um, most of the young ones run pretty well these days. I think the Crows are at West Lakes. I know Port Adelaide are definitely training in Alberton this morning. Um, but yeah, yeah, it'd be a nervous time. You begin waking up this morning going, oh, here we go. It's a gruelling few weeks ahead of us. And the worst thing is, it should be spring, sun should be out, mm. should be should be nice weather, but you're waking up to windy, wet, rainy, miserable weather. It sort of, that doesn't help. That's not going to help your motivation. It's a little bit confusing. A little bit confusing. But what we can recommend is that, uh, look, have a nice cup of tea or a coffee and just sit there in the warmth of your wherever you are, and just tune in to a really, really solid sports show. Real solid stuff. It just makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> it a lot can, of boxes. That's what we can guarantee <laughs> you. Because coming up this morning, Michelangelo Rucci, as he joins us each and every morning just after 7 o'clock, 
The Roach. Uh, also, we're going to speak to Megan Shute, who was on fire yesterday against the Thunder and has been on fire for her entire career. Six for? Six for. How good. If you don't mind, in a WBBL game, that is just ridiculous. Um, she's an absolute star and has been and will be for a long time. We'll speak to her just before 8 o'clock. Ryan Harris, uh, former test player, one of our very good friends, very good friends of the show. I'll put him in the highest of the top shelves, Ryan Harris. He's in your top couple. Oh, absolutely. Very generous with his time. Um, and just one of those guys who you would, I feel like he'd be in a lot of those um, nominations where people are like, well, if you could choose three people to have din- dinner with, who would it be? And I feel like he'd round out a lot of people's top three. You know, stock standard, you go, oh, geez, I don't know, Roger Federer, LeBron James, <laughs> Ryan Harris. <laughs> That's a big call. It's a big call. And I'll stand by it, I'm confident. I might ask him later in the interview if he, uh, <laughs> if he feels the same way about you. <laughs> uh, top five. I think he'd have top five, <laughs> not top three. Uh, and then we're going to finish it off today with Adam DeLoya, who is a very, very solid draft prospect ahead of the draft, which is on the 28th of November. That is just creeping up very quickly. That's on Monday. Isn't it what? Wow, we! This is the last week. Uh, Adam Essay's uh, captain, I think, for the state side this year. Very good player, um, and will be an, a great addition to whoever takes him. Hopefully, in the draft next week. There you go. Ten minutes past six o'clock, and the text line is officially open. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. Bryce Gibbs is still, still stupidly hungover from Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> He's not hungover, but what happens when you get past thirty years of age is that uh, those big nights and. Goodness me, couldn't you just back them up each and every weekend? Every second or third Sunday we'd have a crack back in the day. And that was with a guaranteed big Saturday night. Obviously, we drank responsibly. Absolutely. Uh, Sunday UDLs, no doubt. Binge drank responsibly. Um, But I'll tell you what made me uh, snap out of my uh, average state that I was in yesterday morning. Um, So obviously recovery drinks after... After the wedding is a, is a big thing these days, and usually the recovery day is just as good as, as the wedding. So we're at a pub in the city here, and uh, all the kids were invited. Uh, they were all running around together. And uh, I'm there just tucking into my, uh, my chicken parmigiana to try and uh, get myself back up and going again after what was a, a pretty slow morning. And I saw in the corner of my eye my daughter, Madison, tripped and fell and whacked her head on the corner of a chair. Oh, that's uh, that's what you need with a hangover. So, so this is this is what I was facing. Got up, ran to her. Obviously, she took a moment, as they do. Started bursting out, crying, and then I could just see the split on her head. Uh, blood just started coming. So, so it was a proper meltdown at the pub. Couldn't stop it bleeding. Right, up. hospital time. Took her to the hospital sitting in the hospital for a few hours, waiting to see the doc. Thankfully, um, everything was all good. She didn't require any stitches, but uh, got some glue in there to to help fix her up. And she was back on the mend pretty quickly, but uh, not the sort of uh, event you want on a Sunday afternoon. Hazy, sitting in a hospital with, uh, with your little one, got a bad cut on her head. Shocking. I thought you were going to say something like, and then I, uh, I channeled a 2003 State of Origin series and just got the um, staple gun out and <laughs> glued her back together. Michael Devere style. Yeah, no, not quite those areas. But, uh, you know, I mean, because she was so hysterical and crying and didn't want anyone to touch her, that made the cut keep bleeding. Mm. So they just had to try and settle her down and trying to keep her calm. And it's not that easy to do. How do you go with blood? Uh, I wasn't too bad. I think I was just in the mo- in the moment. Um, 
just trying to trying to help her. There was blood everywhere, obviously, and it's amazing what a little bit of blood can actually smear mm. and go absolutely everywhere. Oh, and of course, I was wearing a white t-shirt as well, which uh, which made it even better. So it probably looked a lot worse than it was, but. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was certainly an eventful Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, that would have woken you up, absolutely. <laughs> I sobered up real quick. <laughs> Forget about your hangover really quick. Uh, well, good news in our household last night, actually. This was, we had a bit of a breakthrough moment, and we'll see if this is something which can be just a little bit consistent. So Henry is my son who's four years old, and he, for his entire life, has slept with us because he was a terrible sleeper for the first sort of, maybe a year and a half. And then he fell asleep on our bed one night and we just sort of left him there and he slept all the way through and it just stayed there. He's been there ever since. Well, last night at the ripe age of four and a half, um, he's decided to graduate into the spare room, which was his room before Lottie took over. And now we set up this sort of bigger bed in his room, what's effectively his room, and they shared a bed and they slept together last night. Wow. So it was a big moment. That is a, that is a milestone. That's huge. Unbelievable stuff. So mum and dad were alone last night. And let me tell you. <laughs> How'd you go? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I didn't do. I'll tell you what I did do. I got to sleep instantly. It's fantastic. It straight out. <laughs> straight to sleep. Unbelievable. So I didn't know what to do last night. And also um, speaking in a normal um, voice. Yep. And not even having to whisper. Through the occasional swear word in there as well. Yeah, right. Unbelievable. You've had scenes. a good night then. It's been a very, very solid, normal, sophisticated night. Who would have thought? <laughs> how Cat, long? Cat's on board as well. He was like, "This is fantastic. No Henry in the bed. More room for me." How long's uh, this going to last? Or is it just a once off? Oh, I don't know. Hopefully, it's, did he wake up? It's did he wake up during the during the night? No, no, no. no they were so they got up this morning when I got up. So I got up at about two thirty and started prepping for the show. And I could hear them stirring. <laughs> oh, gosh, we laugh. Chase does such a bloody good job. Um, five o'clock, the alarm went off, and we could hear them starting to stir. So that's the other problem, because Lottie's, she, as soon as she's up, she's up. Yeah. So sometimes we can sort of tuck her away and let Henry sleep for a little bit. And so now, um, the price that comes with it is probably 5 a.m. starts. <laughs> yeah. But the glory of it is, in a room by itself, who would have thought? you got your bed back. Yeah. Unbelievable, Saints. Um, how was your weekend? 0427-154-166. Probably better than Gianni Infantino, the FIFA president. I'll tell you what. When you go to a wedding sometimes, or maybe it's a 21st, maybe it's even an 18th. Do you know what Gianni is? He's the uncle who makes the worst speech of all time and it wasn't called for. Like, oh, I've just got something to say after a few beers. Few uh, alcoholic beverages under the belt, you get this unnecessary sense of confidence, feeling like your speech is the most important in the world. Uh, Gianni should just have never have spoken before the World Cup gone underway. And this is what you'd liken to that uncle who, even at an 18th, says, Yeah, I've got a few things to say. All right, just listen. Um, Gianni said this, and the whole world went, What the actual hell? Today I feel uh, Qatari. Today I feel Arab. Today I feel. African. Today I feel uh, gay. Today I feel disabled. You didn't say that you feel like a woman. Now I forgot. I feel like a woman. I was bullied because I had uh, red hair and I had these red, how do you call them? Uh, freckles. Freckles. Stop, Gianni. Just stop. That's what everyone was thinking. You've already created enough room for memes. 
Do you reckon if he had his time again, he'd do things a little oh, bit differently? Jeez, couldn't he have been advised just a little bit differently? What do you well? reckon uh, he'd run the run the same sort of uh, campaign again? Look, his his thought process behind it all, um, and what they were trying to achieve with this speech was coming from a good place, but unfortunately, when you use the wrong words, um, it can be very, very not dangerous. Just yeah, that didn't go well. Nope. No. So that's the uncle at the 21st or the 18th. And you go, what about his speech last night? Where did that come from? It's, and it's like, it's like someone's trying to grab the mic off him. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm going. I'm still going. I'm finished. I've got a mate uh, called Justin. He might be listening this morning, actually. Actually, he had a big night on the, on the weekend as well, so maybe not. But um, his wedding, and I was emceeing it. And I said, his old man likes to tell these lame jokes. <laughs> I said, this would be funny. We'll get his old man up here. And we'll say, here, here you go, Jeff. He tells a joke. And so he did backfire terribly. Yeah. I was like, he, he tells a joke, Jeff. And I reckon it went for about seven minutes. <laughs> Put everyone to sleep. <laughs> Until we had to forcefully <laughs> almost push him off the stage. Uh, so Gianni is everyone's annoying dad. Yeah. There you go. 0427 Get involved this morning. Of course, King gives a call throughout. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Uh, Winner will take home a Signet Boost power bank valued at fifty nine ninety five. That is for the best caller or texter this morning. Seventeen degrees across Adelaide today to be partly cloudy. Some big winds coming, so get ready. Uh, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Yeah, good morning to you. Twenty three minutes past six o'clock. Seventeen degrees. Expect the top across Adelaide today. Um, Bryce, question without notice. Yep. I mean, some of the air unbelievably. Sheepish, lowbrow tactics you've seen on a sporting field. Anything that comes to mind? Oh, geez, you have put me on the spot here. Mm, um, probably could have asked you in the ad break. <laughs> yeah, the three minutes we've just had, mm. looking at each other, not speaking a word. <laughs> just looking at each other in the eye. Probably should have communicated. Um, oh, geez. Uh, what, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's really good. There's some really big, solid Saturday night vibes there. When you've absolutely got the brain capacity of a genuine goldfish <laughs> and not even those clever goldfish, like the bottom range goldfish yeah. as well. That's where you're at right now. Um, look, I'll just swiftly move on, see if we can keep up with this. What this uh, tweet that I was sent uh, the other day? Um, Warrington Town Football Club, which I think might be sort of sixth or seventh division uh, football level over in England. They said, just managed to catch Thompson on his way back in and a wave fan has apparently urinated in his water bottle. And then when Thompson has squirted at the fan, said after finding out he's been sent off. So this was from Warrington. Tony Thompson is a keeper. He retweeted this. He said, today I fell out of love with the game. I've been called many names, but for someone to piss in my bottle for me to drink it and then be told I wasn't allowed to react because I'm a player is outrageous. That person has put me, my family's health at risk and knocked me sick. There's so many different layers to this whole situation. First of all, just to paint a picture, and there's video of it doing the rounds as well. You know how the goalkeepers, they have their drinks on the side. Yeah. Of course, famously now, Andrew Redmayne. Yeah. Just um, switched some bottles or got rid of a bottle for the uh, opposition keeper uh, when the boys got themselves into the World Cup. So what's happened is uh, an opposing supporter has taken this keeper's bottle, switched it with one which is full of urine. <laughs> and it's not funny, Bryce. It's not All funny. Right? And the keeper has consumed the bottle. And then on top of that has been told not to react or go nuts at the spectator. Otherwise, he would get sent off. So there you go. What's more outrageous, the fact that a fan 
has urinated in this keeper's bottle or the fact that they've said, don't you dare react, and if you do so, you'll be sent off. It's got to be this, the, the latter. <laughs> How can you not? I'd, I'd be jumping the fence. No, you drink the piss. Don't you dare react. Yeah, no. Okay? Be professional. Be I'm, above this, all I'm right? I'm jumping the fence, and I'm tipping it over his head. <laughs> oh, that's, that's unbelievable. English football. Isn't it? At any level as well. doesn't matter if it's a Premier League, all the way down to 6th or 7th Division outrageous stuff where an opposition supporter thinks it's a good idea to jump on. And the bloke was very, very quick and very, very cunning about this. Just jumped on there, quick little whittle in the bottle, swapped it over perfectly with the same sort of bottle. And unfortunately for Tony, straight down into the belly, this man urine, this man's urine goes. Well, you're not expecting uh, that to happen. No, you're not. When you're playing a game of sport. So the last time I played um, competitive sport, I confidently picked up the water bottle and I didn't even feel like I needed to test whether it was someone else's urine or not. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's just not what's supposed to happen. Did you used to drink your water with confidence? <laughs> I still do. Or would you always just give it a bit of a visual test and maybe no. a bit of a sniff test? As no, well? no. You no. Straight, straight down. down the gullet. Yeah. Straight down. So who knows? Maybe at some stage opposition supporter could have urinated in your water bottle. I'm gonna do maybe it right, drinking I'm gonna do urine it right, right now. now. I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> maybe that's mine or Jace's urine in there right now. Oh, if it is, it tastes pretty good. <laughs> and you can't taste anything from Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. You're all over the place. All right, 0427 Really big show coming up. Looking forward to it. Uh, top of 17 degrees across Adelaide today. And, of course, big shout-out to our good friends at Weeks. Um, discover exceptional customer service. Weeks Homes. Discover different and tire power. We're family safety rates number one. We're coming to you live from SCNSA's Studio Lumo, 1 King William Street. We're powered by Lumo Energy SA. Montane Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tyre Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Tech's starting to flood in this morning already. 0427154166 and plenty of opportunity to jump on air this morning. 1300-736-736. A Signet Boost Power Bank valued at $59.95. A Signet Boost Power Bank would keep your phone, tablet and earbuds power 24-7. We might just uh, shove a few little Signet Boost power banks into Bryce Gibbs as we speak, just to boost him up from what was a pretty solid weekend, celebrating a good friend's wedding. As you do, just really, really celebrated as hard as you possibly could. It was a, it was a good night, and it's not too many times these days when you get older and I've got kids, and to get everyone in the same place at the same time. Mm. Life's busy. Life moves on pretty quickly. So the chance to uh, catch up and, you know, spend time with uh, a lot of your old buddies, you've got to make the most of it. Tell me there's a better, um, I'll call it a festival, but a celebration, a gathering of people than a wedding. There's, it's just, weddings are a gift from the heavens for me. They and, certainly are. And we, we, we add this recovery day oh. now onto, a, onto the Sunday or the day after just to extend the festivities even, even longer, really make the most of uh, the opportunity to catch up. I'd sit here. With cane corns. I can be your hero, baby. Who would sit there and say, I hate weddings. He hates weddings. How <laughs> can you so hate a wedding? He's looking for an exit the whole time. So he couldn't think of a worse situation than going to a wedding. I say, well, what about you analyse it like this? Everyone's looking good. All the boys are in Texas, so everyone knows what you get with that. But all the girls are looking fantastic, looking at the best. Um, it's good food. Everyone's it's happy. Good, it's good booze. Everyone's it's in good a good wine. mood. It's good cake. You're witnessing love. As well at the end. Everyone's having a it's bit of a best. dance. It's 
the best. Good music. It's just, it doesn't get any better than weddings. Are you having a wedding? Can I come along? 0427-154-106. You make friends as well at weddings. You do. Because everyone's in a really good mood. You do. It's a good conversation starter. Who do you know? How do you know? What do you know? When do you know? <laughs> Obviously shit chat, but... <laughs> All right, 6.35. Uh, we're going to do it this morning. Thanks to Tire Power, of course. Uh, pick one. Big holiday sale on right now. And a big thanks to our good friends, our very good friends at Mourn Team. Mourn Team Ford, Mount Barker. That's where you go for the V6 Ranger. Top of six, 17 rather, across Adelaide today. It's news time. Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Oh, yes. Top of 17 across Adelaide today. Get ready for some big wins. Just looking at the headlines before via one of the news outlets. Could be some 100-kilometre-an-hour gusto winds. So there you go. That's uh, sort of vibes of Bryce Gibbs on a Saturday night. Cruising around. Hitting the dance floor like an absolute freight train, you do, were. Do you know what that means, too? That means if it's a hundred kilometre winds down here, mm. training later on at uh, South Adelaide, <laughs> it's going to be two hundred and fifty k winds up on the hill. I think if a raindrop hit my forehead this morning uh, as I was entering the studio, that means it's torrential, horrible. <laughs> means it's snowing at Norlunga. That's all I think about when I hear uh, the, the weather is average down in and around the city. Every time as well, you think. <laughs> And I think as well, I'll try and cover it up with a positive. Good deck, though. <laughs> nice deck. It's in good condition. Yeah, really good condition. <laughs> Only problem is, um, above the deck, it's absolute hell on earth. Uh, let's go through our sports update this morning. A uh, quick mention for the rugby league as well. Um, that World Cup's been going on for about six months. Hasn't <laughs> it? What? Oh, is it finally finished? Has it, it? Has that been going <laughs> since the NRL <laughs> finished? Finally finished. That's a big. Uh, that's a big season for for the boys, isn't it? And girls. And boys and girls, and both successful. Kangaroos, 30 beats Samoa. Unbelievable that Samoa in the grand final as well. So that's actually an unbelievable achievement itself. 30 to 10. Um, so there you go. Um, it wasn't. It's not foreign to the Kangaroos winning this tournament. Uh, they've won nine of the last 10 tournaments dating back to 1975. They've won it 12 times. Everyone else has only won it a couple. I think England have won it three or four times, and New Zealand maybe once, and that's it. So they're supposed to win. And what I love as well is all the stars play. If they're available and they're not injured, they all play. It's really good to see. Yeah, it is. Um, and, yeah, uh, to get the double as well, like how good's that for Australian rugby league? Yeah, Gillaroo's just um, snuck over the line, 54-4 to four over New Zealand. Convincing, wasn't it? <laughs> Convincing. Pretty solid stuff when it's in a final. Um, let's talk about the Redbacks. The lower order batters, Ben Menenti and Harry Nilsson, rescued SA from complete disaster on day one of the Shield Clash against Queensland. That's happening at Adelaide Oval. Both squads decimated by call-ups for national duties. The Bulls won the toss, sent SA into bat on a gloomy day. The decision was justified with five wickets falling inside the first 20 overs. The Redbacks at five for 25 at one stage. It was looking unbelievably dire. Youngster Tom Kelly, our boy, and Harry Nilsson uh, took the score to 47 before Kelly edged to first slip. Ben Menenti joined Nilsson at the crease, and the pair managed to negotiate rain delays and more tight uh, bowling to take the score to six for 107 before more rain after T, uh, T rather saw stumps called early. It's not looking good for the Redbacks, uh, but you know what? Another day, another opportunity. That is just another opportunity for it to rain. That is just ignorance, isn't it? <laughs> Here we go. Opportunity today uh, to shine. Hopefully the sun doesn't shine and it rains. Well, we we'll just keep backing them in. That's all we yes, can do. That's all we can do. They're having a crack. 
Five for 25, though. Yeah, it's not looking good, mate. No. Not looking good. Um, take us through some of the uh, WBBL results. So North Sydney Oval and Karen Rolton Oval have been confirmed as the venues for this year's Weber WBBL finals following a thrilling final day of the regular season. Sydney Sixers cemented. Yep, that's the word. <laughs> that's it. Cemented. Top don't, spot. Don't be fooled by that no, C. No, that's don't, a, don't you say commented. That's not a it's, yeah, that's it's not an a S. It's a, s- <laughs> it's a top spot before... Even the stepped on the field Friday night's Sydney smash following the Hobart Hurricanes loss to the Strikers. The battle for the remaining three spots came down to Sydney uh, Sunday's matches with the Hurricanes, Strikers, Heat and Scorchers all in the running. That's, that's uh, unbelievable. Yeah. The Strikers earned the right to host the Challenger in Adelaide after finishing set in second position, confirming their spot with victory over the Sydney Thunder on Sunday evening. Mm, there so you go. All Three or four of those teams are waiting for the last second yeah, to see where they were going to be playing next. Outrageous stuff. That's how close it was. What about uh, Megan Shoot as well? What an absolute star she is. And just the figures, six for 19 off 3.3 overs. Are you kidding me? That's She's unbelievable figures in any format, but let alone um, you've got um, four overs to bowl. And she did it 3.3. Yeah. Yep. So give her three more balls. She probably would have ended up with nine for. Probably. <laughs> Absolute gun. We're going to speak to her a little bit later on, just before 8 o'clock. Uh, the Adelaide 36ers hit the road over the weekend with mixed results, splitting their two matches. The Sixers survived a late fightback from Melbourne United on Thursday evening to record an important 91-86 to win. Robert Franks is an absolute gun. He starred with 21 points and 11 rebounds. They then flew to New Zealand to take on the Breakers on Sunday. The Breakers have been one of the informed teams in the competition. The visitors started well. Uh, they led 25-17 to Sixers at quarter time. The Breakers bounced back to lead by two at half time and were better down the stretch, winning 89 to uh, sorry 89 to 83, six point loss. But there was a lot to like about it. Uh, they're playing unselfish basketball and they're spreading the load and they've got scoring options like we were talking about it. So Craig Randall is a score for it first at every opportunity type player. And now Robert Franks is very, very good. Anthony Drumick is a scorer. Antonius Cleveland can go up another gear. You've got Sunday Detch, you've got Mitch McCarron, who are very, very unselfish players. And saying that, Sunday Detch, leave him open, bang, he'll knock down that three. I'm very, very bullish about what the Sixers can do. Right now, it's not looking good because they're sitting right down the bottom of the ladder, but they're going to gel, they're going to find themselves. Yeah, and we, we did mention that, didn't we? As soon as Randall uh, had moved on, it was just going to create a bit more unpredictability uh, for their scoring, and they can draw up some plays for, for different players more often now, and I think it'll be a good thing. Once they, they get the mix right, they start to, to work it out, uh, they'll be fine, and they'll start winning some games. Slow start for the Lightning, but they're back. They certainly are. Uh, and they won its first match uh, in the WNBL season with uh, an 87-67 to 67 win over the Sydney Uni Flames at the Adelaide Arena on Saturday. The Lightning jumped the Flames in the first half to lead by 20 points at halftime. They would hold that advantage in a more even second to win comfortably uh, by that halftime margin. Lauren Mansfield led the scores for the Lightning with 23 points, including seven from seven threes, if you don't mind. Uh, and Steph Talbot uh, was deadly on the boards with seven rebounds. Kirsten Bell was also deadly from the floor, shooting eight from 13 to finish with 22 points. Nice. Nice the efficiency there from the girls. Absolutely. Back into it. So oh, that was zero on three, I reckon. First home game of the season. On the board, good to see. Tanasi Kokonakis, Nick Kyrgios' dream of becoming the second all Australian team to win the prestigious ATP finals has been dashed. 
the reigning Australian Open champs, needed to beat Croatian pair Nikola Mektic and Matej Pavic. I just said that with confidence. Yeah, just dove straight into it, didn't Particularly you? the second name. I'm not sure that's how it's pronounced at all. Matej Pavic in their final round, Robin Clash at Turin uh, to advance to the semifinals in Italy. They put up a good fight, but were edged out in the two tie-break sets. Kokonakis and Kyrgios served 17 aces, did not face a break point in the 90-minute clash, but wasn't enough to overcome the Wimbledon 2022 finalists. It concludes an incredible season for Teacock and Kyrgios, who won 19 of their 25 matches together. They won two titles, the Australian Open and Atlanta, and both achieved career-high doubles rankings. Kokonakis at world number 17 and Kyrgios at world number 11. And I know there's already people saying, well, look, Nick, if he wants to take it to the next level and consistently be in the final and maybe win some of these majors, he's probably got to give doubles a flick, but he's having too much fun with his boy Teacock. And we have uh, too much fun watching them as well. So good. So I hope they do stay together for, for many years to come. For many years to come, that would be good for Australian tennis in our game. And it's just going to make you like Nick Kyrgios because when he's in a team environment, it feels like he would be a really, really good teammate. It feels like he would be better suited in a team. Like his own demons probably get him when he's by himself. Yeah. But he wants to be in a team environment. That's what it feels we like. We know he can hype, be the hype man. Yeah. Hype... Uh, not only the crowd, but uh, in that team environment, if you're having a flat day, like I am today, yeah, he can get you up. You just need a hype guy. Just need a hype man. I mean, you're learning on the go as well. Cemented. How do you spell it? With a K. <laughs> it's a silent K at the front. <laughs> With a K. I didn't want to see. <laughs> I, I didn't even say it, though. You nearly stopped while we're live on air. I, you, you nearly said, I don't know what that word is. I, lo- I lost. Then I couldn't find what <laughs> sentence I was saying. So. <laughs> Got real rattled. Uh, flawless stuff here. Um, let's go through a little World Cup update. It has begun. The FIFA World Cup up, update brought to you by Kraken, trusted by 9 million crypto customers worldwide. Kraken.com, broadcast sponsor of SEN's coverage of the FIFA World Cup, Qatar, Qatar rather, 2022. The opening game of the 2022 Qatar World Cup took place under a cloud of controversy after allegations of match fixing emerged. In this latest potential scandal, author and political affairs expert, Amjad Taha alleges Qatar has bribed multiple Ecuadorian players to lose the opening match <laughs> on purpose using a total sum of US $7.4 million. That's $11.1 million Australian. So Taha claims to have confirmed the scheme's existence with insiders in both camps and says it would involve a 1-0 scoreline with the goal coming in the second half. Qatar head coach Felix Sanchez, the big F-man, denied the bribery allegation. So it's just like you just wonder. I mean, the game hadn't, the official World Cup proceedings hadn't even started, and already we were sitting there going, well, there's already allegations of bribery and match fixing and all sorts of things. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit of a farce, isn't it? And the lead up to this World Cup has had uh, a few things in the media surrounding. Um, you know, the, the alcohol situation and what you can and can't do over there. And for this to drop without, uh, without the first whistle even being blown, um, it's a bit of a, a, bit of a carry-on situation. And obviously mm. the, the results were nowhere near what was, uh, what was put out there what in was, the media. Uh, yeah, what was predicted. Alleged, so yeah. Ecuador 2 defeated Qatar 0 with both goals coming from the boot of Ina uh, Valencia in the first half. So he knocked in a penalty in the 16th minute, scored again in the 31st minute. So went against what was predicted to completely unfold the entire World Cup before it even started. 
Although, <laughs> this is a disaster. Although, although the, the, the uh, Ecuador did put a goal in uh, in about the, the, the 10th minute and it was given VRR, VAR come in and said, no, nah, offside, Classic. ruled it out. So maybe after the first 10 minutes you thought, oh, maybe this is going to happen. But, uh, Hang on, are you saying that the VAR has been bribed as well? <laughs> maybe. You <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, there's just going to be... Little elements of controversy you feel like throughout this World Cup. Yep. Do you get those vibes? I certainly do. Mm. Uh, like a leading keeper with Kraken, your crypto is in good hands. Kraken.com, broadcast sponsor of SEN's coverage of the FIFA World Cup, Qatar 2022, 650. Coming up next, we'll go through our footy shorts. And, of course, we're coming to you live from SENSA's Studio Lumo. That's 1 King William Street, right in the heart of the city. We're powered by Lumo Energy SA this morning. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I see it, but I don't believe it! There is a pig at full forward. Stevie Mobloff, what a time! Oh! Oh! He is floating on air now! Time for footy shorts. Uh, we'll speak about Fisher Mackesy after 7 o'clock. But uh, this was good news a couple of days ago. The AFL and Tasmanian government have reached an in-principle agreement on a Tassie AFL team with league boss Gil McLaughlin declaring a final decision is so close. McLaughlin and Tassie Premier Jeremy Rockliffe announced the agreement on Friday in Hobart where it was described as a great step forward for the state in its pursuit of the 19th AFL licence. The AFL is comfortable with the government's financial commitment of $12 million for 12 years with the only piece of the puzzle remaining being confirmed financing for the proposed $750 million closed-roof stadium at Macquarie Point. So they are, I mean, it's a pretty solid, finer detail to nut out a $750 million development. <laughs> yeah. But this thing's going to happen, and it's fantastic for footy. And um, the Tasmanians, bless them, they're going to have an AFL sign. They certainly are. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're a great, passionate football state, so... For them to to get the the nineteenth team in the AFL, I think it's uh, I think it's terrific, and this is what Gill's hanging around for. Yep. They can't get rid of him until he uh, gets this deal done. Few little things for Gill to tick off, it would seem, before he sails off into the sunset. Jeez, he's been good. He has been very he's just good. a rock star too, isn't he's he? He's the man. He's, just, he's the man. He's got swagger. Oh, he's cruising around, little killers soundtrack. The man players as he walks into the room. <laughs> Who's the man? <laughs> Brisbane is through to its fourth AFLW Grand Final after a 23-point win over reigning Premier's Our Crows on Friday night. Lions have won the right to host the AFL Decider as well after finishing as minor Premier's, with next week's Grand Final to be held at the club's new Springfield facility. Uh, Brisbane's forward stars Jesse Wardlaw and Dakota Davison and Courtney Hodder kicked two goals each in the 46-23 win at Metricon Stadium. The Lions will now host the AFLW Grand Final against Melbourne. Um, so the freshly completed headquarters at Springfield, it holds a capacity of just 8,000 spectators. And also, um, they're not going to be able to do genuine tests on it until a couple of days before the grand final as to whether it's suitable surface to play football, let alone host an AFL grand final. But they've got the rights. It's their home deck. Um, you would hope, obviously, they'll pack it in for 8,000 spectators. But interesting place versus going to the Gabba, or at least, sorry, going back to Metricon Stadium, because Gabba is obviously um, set up to play cricket at the moment. Instead of going to Metricon, though, interesting choice. It is certainly an interesting choice. And what happens if the ground is deemed not suitable to play? Uh, well, like, um, what are they, they, they've obviously they'll have a plan B in place. 
Jace just whispered a little sweet nothing into my ear. He said, Metricon's unavailable because Guns N' Roses is on. Right. Guns N' Roses <laughs> is on. So there you go. Come on, Axel Rose. Jeez. Come on, Axel. Have the night off. <laughs> so there you go. Play at the granny. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Pretty much <laughs> entertainment. That's pretty solid. Um, so the Brisbane Lions and the AFL have confirmed the signing of former Essendon defender Connor McKenna for the 2023 season. McKenna made 79 appearances for the Bombers between 2015 and 2020. Seems like he spoke to pretty much every club, certainly toured Port at one stage as well. Um, so he returned home to play Gaelic footy for the past two seasons. He's been keen to rekindle his AFL career. McKenna will join the Lions for the pre-season supplemental selection period after nominating Brisbane as his preferred club. Lions footy manager Danny Daly said McKenna would further improve Brisbane's list with his run and speed. Aren't the Lions just stacked at the minute? They're all in. They certainly are. They've recruited really well, don't they? They're, uh, they've got great depth now, uh, which if they didn't have it before, they certainly got it now. And it's going to be pretty tough for spots in that side if they're all fit, yeah. if they're all going well. Yeah, and a lot of this talent where you're like, okay, uh, that could be good and solid. Like, I'm talking blokes like Josh Dunkley's going to be a star. He's coming yep. off a best and fairest win. But the big one for me, Jack Gunston. Yep. Has he still got – I still think he's got a good couple of years left in him. Oh, for sure. And what they did with Hodge, Birchall, yep. these guys, they certainly went up there and, and had an impact in the couple of years that uh, that they played up there. And um, Gunston's going to be no different to that. You feel like Lockie Neal's – he might still have another Brownlow medal in him. No, no doubt. He's a gun. No doubt. Bloke. Absolute the, star. The best uh, one-take player in the comp mm. in and around the stoppages. They Clean as a whistle. They're going to be very, very good, the Brisbane Lions. It's going to be interesting to watch out. And I just love that as well, that clearly the Brisbane Lions is a destination club. They're not finding it hard to recruit at all. Well, it's a, it's a pretty good lifestyle up there yeah, in it'd, Brisbane. It'd be, it would be really, really nice. And I love that a lot of these players are very open about that. I mean, for... For Josh Dunkley, it's it's family ties and all sorts of things, and we're assuming that his partner, um, who is a Queenslander, will eventually get up there as well. But I mean, for Jack Jun- Gunson as well, I think he was pretty open about the fact that it's it's a really really great lifestyle. Yep. Like it would be, yeah, for sure. So they they've been doing it for a couple of years now, and they continue to uh, recruit the big names up there. What about Joel Selwood? He is taking his leadership experience across code to the NRL powerhouse, the Melbourne Storm. So he's taking on a role there. The Storm are no strangers to delving into AFL knowledge pool in the heart of Aussie rules country. Having previously had Collingwood Premiership captain Nick Maxwell in a similar role in the past six years, Selwood had signed up for the part-time role to help shape the leaders at the group, including the likes of Christian Welch, Cam Munster and Ryan Poppenhausen. Um, So there you go. He would be a man absolutely in demand particularly in a leadership space. No one would do it better than Joel Selwood. And no one does it better than the Melbourne Storm. They continually just get the right people in that organisation and that's probably why they've been so successful over the last decade or two. But, um, yeah, it was a a little bit surprised when I first read that, that Joel's uh, going cross-code to the Melbourne Storm. But, uh, yeah, as you said, he would have been in, in high demand. He would have had a lot of job opportunities thrown at him and he thinks uh, this one's the best fit for him right now. Certainly not short of job opportunities with Joel Sell would be. No. Be a nice spot for him to be in right now. I think he'd wake up in the morning feeling pretty comfortable with this. Yeah, and just <laughs> to take a, a part-time role too. So don't jump into anything full-time yet. Just, just ease your way Just in. get the feelers out there. Just do little bits and pieces for, for the next bit of time. Yeah, Good on him. Throw the big toe in there and see what happens. <laughs> 
Uh, Tire Power, where family safety rates number one. And let's get around Weeks as well. Discover how we're delivering a higher standard of design and build quality. Weeks Homes, discover different. Just past 7 o'clock, top of 17 across Adelaide today. A bit of a weather warning across South Australia. We're expecting some big, big wins. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. You can give us a call at any stage, as long as it's up until 8.30. one 736 736 Coming to you from 1 King William Street, powered by Luma Energy SA. Bryce Gibbs is in and just um, feeling himself... Just dipping his foot in there before he really jumps into the deep end this morning. How are you, bro? I'm um, not too bad. A couple of coffees in now, which straightened me up a little bit. Straighten you right up, because oh, I tell you what, you were sideways Saturday night. You need some straightening up. <laughs> and I tell you what, I just can't handle it anymore. I just can't pull up like I used to. Uh, you know what'll fix you? I'm not 19 anymore. A little 2K time trial at uh, Norlunga tonight. That'll get you very, very straight. Don't be silly, Andrew. <laughs> it's not happening for you. It's when you pretty... Once you've got a McGarry medal next to your name, <laughs> 2K time trials, particularly post uh, the age of 30, do not exist. Do they? They certainly don't. <laughs> I can confirm that. Uh, text line this morning. Uh, no, P.S. No comment regarding the Ecuador. Well, let's uh, go in order here. Good morning, lads. This is from Dave, who's a very good friend of the show. Very, very good friend. We love your work, Dave. He said, hope the weekend was super. Dancing at weddings is the best. There's something about it. Just get up and have a boogie. Spot on, Dave. Just get up, find yourself, um, and live in the moment. YOLO, as I like to say, every morning, get out of the bed and scream YOLO. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> that's what it. you do. Oh, yeah. Every day. But uh, yeah, if you're going to do that and you're going to make a fool of yourself, might as well do it at a wedding because everyone else is doing the same thing as well. Yeah, unless you're the only ones dancing <laughs> nice and nearly as well, or you're dancing during the first dance. <laughs> yeah, you, d- you don't want to be doing that. <laughs> don't do that next it's not, time. It's not about you. It's too late, Bryce. You shouldn't have done that on Saturday night. (laughs) Follow-up text from Dave said, P.S. No comment regarding the Ecuador goal being called offside in the opening match last night. Very, very questionable. Mm. Thank goodness they still won. There's going to be a lot of questionable things happening um, at this Qatar World Cup, including as well, there's beer tents and all sorts of things. I just saw a little report there saying Australian will cost you about $22.50 for a beer in these designated beer tents. That's unbelievable, isn't it? Good times ahead. Go over to a World Cup. Come home broke. Come home broke. Well, I mean, you don't have access to a beer, so maybe you'll come home with some, <laughs> with some money in your reckon. pocket. <laughs> Unbelievable things. So I keep the uh, text coming through, 0427-154-166. Adelaide youngster Fisher Mackesee won't be joining his teammates on the training track until at least the new year. He's been granted personal leave. So a statement released by the Crows yesterday confirmed the 21-year-old would not return to South Australia when the first or fourth-year players return to the club on Monday. Crows footy boss Adam Kelly said the club is fully supportive of Fisher taking personal leave and will give him all the time and space that he requires. Um, look, it was, a per, it was a big year coming up for Fisher Mackesy, and it still is. Uh, it is another interrupted pre-season, but uh, coming off contract at the end of this season, there was links to Victorian clubs, which was eventually squashed. Um, but right now, obviously, first and foremost, it's making sure that Fisher Mackesy is in a space where he can come back and be a professional footballer. But nonetheless, this isn't a good way to start, and it's concerning. Yeah, yeah it is. And we yeah, we obviously, first and foremost, hope that, that he's doing okay and he uh, uses this time away to, to get himself back into a, a headspace where he needs to be. And, um, I mean, it's not ideal that he'll miss three or four weeks at the start of pre-season, but uh, he'll come back after Christmas, hopefully, and 
still have plenty of time to to be in the right condition to to attack this year. So uh, our thoughts are with him uh, in this time. Has there been, do you think, too much pressure on Fisher Mackesy? Being a number six pick, there's always more pressure on the first round picks. Uh, and probably last year, a bit more pressure came than the previous couple of years, where we were still sort of analysing whether he is even a forward or a back. Do you think that we've scrutinised Fisher Mackesy too hard? Well, naturally, it's going to come, isn't it? The the pressure when you're a, you're a high pick, unfortunately, and, and things don't quite work out for you, especially uh, in the first couple of years. I mean, in his first year, he played about 10 games, so he got a bit of an opportunity as you said, as that key back. But then for the next couple of years, lack of opportunity and they sort of throw him up forward and sort of didn't really, couldn't really find a position for him. And, and he hasn't played much footy since then. So um, we all thought he, he was going to get traded and, and maybe head back to Victoria and, and, and play and, and start, a, start a fresh with a, with a new team. That didn't happen. Uh, it looked like they were going to back him in and, and give him another opportunity to, to flourish and, Obviously, he won't be back until after Christmas now. But, um, I mean, I think naturally that pressure does come when, when you're a high pick, unfortunately, and, and you don't play as many games that uh, you're expected to. Mm, there you go. Love your thoughts. So, 427 154 166. Of course, you can give us calls. Well, 1300 736 736. The Aussies wrapped up the series, one day series against England on the weekend. Thoughts on that? Always good to be, beat England, no matter what it's at. Well, they're still hungover, surely. Wow. From, the, from their World Cup T20 win. They'll tell Most you that. Them. They'll yeah. tell you that as well. Oh, it's because we were hungover. Yeah. Mm. Just like how you couldn't um, understand the word cement this morning. <laughs> I really just bl- lost <laughs> my train of thought, didn't <laughs> you, I? You will blame it on Saturday night. <laughs> it's good to see, though, uh, in particular, Steve Smith back into absolute vintage Steve Smith form. And in his words as well, he might be playing his best cricket. And I did like watching some of the vision and just analysing just the way that he's playing some of his shots versus how he has been recently. He's tweaked a few things. He looks magnificent because Steve Smith has been so good and so unbelievable to watch for so long. But even when he's had a few of his down periods, we just, instead of analysing and going after Steve Smith, you just sort of concentrate on something else for whatever reason. But he has been in pretty bad form for a reasonably solid time now. So it's good to see him back. Yeah, it certainly is. And you mentioned that he, he's tweaked a few things. Whatever he's done, it's, it's certainly working. And, uh, and you're right. When, uh, when Steve Smith is up and going and batting well and making runs, the Aussies are usually winning. And that doesn't, uh, that doesn't matter what form it is in, whether it's the one-day series or when he's playing tests. So uh, hopefully he can continue that and, and have a big summer for us this year. Mm, absolutely. Uh, both our sides get back into it this week, uh, today actually. So Port Adelaide and the Crows. Jeez, it comes around really, really quickly. If you've got a player, particularly in the first to fourth year category, from either club who you think could have a breakout year, get them through 0427 154 166. Uh, last year it was Connor Rosie, obviously. This year for Port Adelaide, um, Hang on, they'd be fifth year now anyway. I'm still going to say Zach Butters, ready for him to absolutely emerge. Well, Jason or Francis? Jason's a big one, isn't he's, he? Uh, he's obviously on light duties until Christmas himself with, uh, with having some, some off-season surgery, but uh, he's the one that can, can blow it up Jeez. for 2023. So what's a scary proposition as well is that he has, or he was hindered and held back slightly with this injury, and now he's going to be freed up. So he would attack the second part of preseason. Is that the plan? Yep, he should be 
pretty much doing most things after Christmas. That's good. Yep. That is very, very good. All right, text line, 0427 154 166. There's a big show to get through this morning. Uh, looking forward to speaking to uh, Michelangelo Rucci. We'll do that next. Megan Shoot was on fire yesterday. Six for, can you believe that? Six for in a uh, WBBL match. Six for not many off 3.3 overs. She's an absolute freak. And we'll speak to her before 8 o'clock. Ryan Harris as well. He's going to wrap up the ODI series and everything else cricket-related, including uh, the Redbacks taking on Queensland. It's not looking good at Adelaide Oval. But all we can do is just be positive about this situation, I suppose. Yeah, and be interesting to see Rhino's thoughts on the Redbacks and what maybe they can be doing or things they can change up to, to get their season back on track. Adam DeLoyer, hot draft prospect ahead of the draft, which is happening on Monday. That's come around really, really quickly. We'll speak to him after 8 o'clock as well. It's 13 minutes past 7 o'clock. 17 degrees expected across Adelaide today. There's no one better. Convince me otherwise. Michelangelo Rucci joins us each and every morning. We are blessed to have him on board. And then you get him in the afternoon, 3 to 5 o'clock with Kim Dillon to drive you home as part of SENSA Drive. Good morning to you, Rooch. Happy Monday. Good morning. The greatest show on earth has begun uh, in a different place, in a different time, and in a different set of circumstances. Hmm. And it's interesting how the soccer is going against France. You're getting great anticipation now for the World Cup. It's underway. Oh, Roach, it's already been marred in all sorts of little bits of controversy. I mean, it was controversial before it even started, but Indeed. predictions that uh, the game involving the host nation was fixed and all sorts of things. This is going to be a very, very interesting World Cup. And more intriguing when you get the politics involved with it as well. And then when you get the FIFA president, Infantino, giving us a lecture about world history and how the Europeans have 3,000 years of issues that they need to apologise for, so don't click on Qatar. It's even more fascinating. Anyway, hey, just, um, on, just on that, Roach, can you, can you rate yeah. uh, Gianni's little speech, his little pep talk that he gave uh, from 1 to 10 in terms of some of the words and phrases and everything he used? What sort of connection do you think well, he had with the rest of the world? Look, in fairness to him, he, he inherits a a problem that was left to him by a corrupt FIFA that he's got to live with. But I don't think we can ignore we can ignore the human rights issue. And, you know, we, we're going to deal with it in sport for a fair while now, particularly while we've got live golf going through all that sort of stuff. So when we've seen how more and more athletes are becoming, you know, socially aware and quite powerful in what they can say against even sponsors to the point whereby... Yeah, you just you just do wonder if 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 Infantino has actually read the script quite well. Then I understand you know he, he can't change the vote to take the World Cup to Qatar after he became president. But you know, I'm not sure he wants to be washing his hands of that one altogether himself. So yeah, interesting times for sport. Mm, it is Politics and sport, we never get away from it. No, we don't, unfortunately. Rich, can you can you answer this for me then? So when there's so much controversy surrounding things like live golf and also now Qatar and all these sorts of things. How come um, we can have an, uh, a Grand Prix in Abu Dhabi, yet there's never really that many negative headlines that get uh, focused on in this country? And live golf is absolutely getting smashed. Well, it wasn't at the beginning, though. And remember, it was even when... You know, 
when it began, we didn't we didn't debate it as much here. It's probably because now we're going to have it on our own doorstep. There's nothing like when it comes into your own backyard, you feel you can go and make the protest even stronger. So, I yeah, I'm not sure I can give you the quite the answer you want there, Andrew. But it's probably because now we are going to see it among our own, you know, golf courses that we can actually say, well. Here's our time to make our protest. It's like not in our own backyard sort of moment. Uh, Roach, Fisher Mackesy is obviously stepping away uh, for some yeah. per- taking some personal leave. He, he was he was one that needed to, to come back and, and have a big preseason and and really re- reunite or reignite his uh, his career and, and get that going. Um, where does he sit now uh, by taking uh, taking a bit of leave? Well, he's probably still the same point he's always been, Bryce, where we see a very early draft pick who had a fair bit of expectation of Adelaide still not there. Not, and I don't mean not there physically. I mean, actually not there on, on the charts. He's, he's He's been loaded with all sorts of mystery and doubt as to whether he was going to stay in Adelaide, but he does stay on and signs on now. Right, the point that he's not there at the start of pre-season is going to make more and more people wonder just what his future is in AFL footy, let alone at the Adelaide Footy Club. It's yeah, that was that sort of just made you recall when you read the note that you know he's not going to be there at the start of pre-season. He's taking time off for personal reasons. You're right. You would have thought here was his moment to actually step forward and, and make a a very big impression at the start of a pre-season, which is going to be very very important for Adelaide. Now we don't know exactly everything that's going on in his personal life, but yeah. Just doesn't read well, and I mean, you you wish the young man well if he's going through some difficult circumstances. But at the same time, there'd be a lot of Adelaide fans going, "When are they going to see everything that was promised with a, a top ten draft pick?" Yep, we're already getting a few of those texts coming through as well, Roach. I know four two seven one five four one double six. Question without noticed notice rather, um, some of the youngsters coming through. The first and fourth year players return for both clubs today. Who would you expect and hopefully uh, break through and have a bit of a, a breakout year? We were speaking before that this could be an unbelievable emergence of Jason Horn Francis. I think the one that needs the change of luck after what happened last year and, and then when you hear the osteitis pubis sort of theme come back is Josh Sin at Port Adelaide because yep. the opportunity is there. When you when you go and look at what Port Adelaide's lineup could be for 2023, um, we know they're going to be, have heaps of options in attack. We know that defence has got the debates that we've had for a long, long time, and they're stacked with halfback flankers who can run. What do they do on the wings? Yeah. Who, are, who are the standout wingmen for Port Adelaide at the moment? And, and Josh Sin's opportunity is really really there in this pre-season, provided he's 100% fit. So I'd, I'd put him in that category as the player to watch in this summer and hope that that he doesn't go through any of the turmoil that he had this year with, with injury. Very good point, Roach. Uh, it's almost like when a young player like that, I mean, he started so well, he, show, he showed so much hype and, uh, and promise, rather, in the early parts, and then exactly. it's got completely exactly. derailed. You, you almost forget about it. So it yeah. feels like he's almost another new recruit, and he was so good when he started, so it's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yep, so we'll see how he looks through the summer, and fingers crossed he does, yeah, does get through all those groin issues that he had this year. Roach, appreciate your time. Uh, Kim Dillon, back this afternoon from 3 o'clock, yes? 
Yes, he'll be there. Very he'll good stuff. Certainly be there. I'm I'm a little fragile at the moment because I'm watching Italy play Austria in a friendly where you just see when they're two 0 down at half time, you get further confirmation as to why they're not at the World Cup. Yes, it's unbelievable. Is how does that sit with you? Extraordinary. Extraordinary European champions, a nation with great history in the World Cup, and they're just struggling to find their appropriate national team at the moment. Yeah, it's unbelievable stuff. Uh, Rooch, appreciate your time. We'll chat to you tomorrow. Look forward to it. Michelangelo Rooch, you back this afternoon from 3 o'clock with Kim Dillon. Um, look, you're highly invested in the World Cup as well. You're our resident soccer expert. And I tell you what, Saturdays in SA still recovering just from your <laughs> analysis, which... I'll tell you what, it hit me between the eyes. It did it? Yeah, absolutely. Surprised you? Like a cannon. Why is that? In a good way, a good cannon, right between the eyes, because we just didn't know that uh, it was such an untapped resource, your in-depth <laughs> knowledge. Every single player that's playing at the World Cup, Bryce, can give you a, a two-minute analysis on. I wouldn't say that, but uh, <laughs> no, I do follow it, and uh, I am looking forward to uh, watching a fair few games, and we're lucky this year we're going to get some games in good time slots, yep. so you don't have to wake up at three in the morning uh, and watch these games. You know, there's going to be games at 8.30 at night. Uh, and even the Aussies' uh, first game against France is at 5.30. So yep. it's, uh, it's a bit more bearable to get up and, and watch our, our Aussies go well, hopefully, in, uh, in the World Cup this year. Which you're going to hear as well every second right here on SENSA. You betcha. Don't worry about that. Uh, it's going to be a very, very good call. 7.27 on 16.29 SENSA. And, of course, we are doing it this morning. Thanks to Tire Power there. Buying power puts the power in your lane. And Weeks, discover exceptional customer service. Weeks Homes, discover different. Top of 17 across Adelaide today. There's a bit of a weather warning. We're expecting some pretty solid winds. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tyre Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. We're powered by Lumo Energy SA this morning and also our friends at Tyre Power. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. You can get involved, of course, via the text line 0427 154 166. This text, Gibbsy. Morning, boys. This may sound harsh, but Fisher... And as Fisher McAsee has never appeared to have wanted to be at the club from the moment he was drafted. Yes, he has personal issues, but there's been a lot of smoke around the situation for three years. When list spots were at a premium and a guy like James Rowe, who loves the club and deserves to be on the list, was cut, it's not right that Fisher is taking up a spot on the senior list and has not looked close to playing a game for two years. Cheers, that's one is from Lockie. Thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, he makes uh, a good point, does Lockie, but I think it's a bit harsh for him to say that uh, he's never wanted to be at the club and never wanted to play for the footy club because I certainly know that that's not the case but um, yeah look I mean when you've got guys like Jimmy Rowe who had a pretty good year didn't he averaged nearly 20 touches and uh, you know plenty of score involvements um, and looked like he was going to get another opportunity and didn't uh, do they do they feel like the teams feel like they have to persist with guys that are taken earlier in the draft because they've invested so much in taking them early. Does it feel like that? I'm asking the question. Mm, that's, uh, well, it, it does seem like, well, maybe there's more sort of, more attention on someone who is picked nice and early because obviously if you pick a rookie and the rookie's not performing, then there's no pressure. There's no pressure to cut and there's no pressure, there's not that much pressure for the rookie to perform. So I suppose that, yes, um, I think I've thought that for a long time, that there's going to be more opportunities to prove yourself if you're an early pick. 
And as far as saying that sometimes maybe it feels like the clubs are even stubborn with that pick and saying, no, 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 we will make this work because we've invested so much in there. We're not going to give up on this. Yeah, and being a key position player as well, you know, sometimes it does take uh, the, those sort of players a little bit longer to develop. And I think, you know, if you compare it to, say, the Jimmy Rowe situation, I mean, uh, Adelaide are no short of uh, small pressure forwards who can hit the scoreboard. So I think it, it comes down to a bit of a team balance as well in the end. And they they will be still hoping that Fisher comes on and, and becomes a, a very good player uh, and lives up to his talent that uh, that he showed as a junior. It feels like as well that there's extra pressure on early picks who are key position. Because everyone, I mean, I feel like the the early picks are always your stock standard midfielders. But when someone goes almost against the grain and gets picked at number six, which effectively back then he was going to be a key defender and he was going to be Daniel Talia's, uh, the next in line to replace Talia. So there's a bit of pressure that comes with that as well. It does. And I remember uh, Jacob Wiedering went through something similar and he was the number one pick. So you can imagine the extra pressure that, that he had on on him. And, and he got thrown in the deep end as well. Uh, like Fisher did, he, he played a, a fair few games in his first year, but... Uh, there was a, a year or two in his second or third year, I reckon, that um, Weeders was struggling. And I think he might have spent some time in the reserves. And um, once he did develop and matured and, and, and turned into the player that we all knew he could, no one's asking questions now, are they? And he's mm-hmm. pretty much the, the best fullback in the competition. So um, it does sometimes take a little bit longer. But, um, yeah, for, for Fisher's sake uh, and, and for Adelaide fans' sake, uh, hopefully... Fisher can uh, can come back after Christmas um, with a with a fresh fresh mindset and uh, can attack uh, attack the preseason and, and hopefully have a big year. Yep, spot on. Um, all right, keep the text coming through. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. Both sides start up this morning. That is a first to fourth year players. We we're talking before about some of the um, emerging youngsters who you'd like to see take the next step. It's a really good one from Michelangelo Rucci, Josh Sin, because I almost forgot about Sin, but he started really well. He was solid. Um, and got himself into the side nice and early and then got struck down with osteitis pubis, which is just debilitating. It's the worst thing that the youngster can have because it's basically like strapping a giant weight to your rear end and trying to run through it. It's just painful and you've just got to stop, reset and just write the rest of the year off. And it's a time thing. But Josh Sin, if he can come out and do what he did last year, minus the osteitis, he, he could be absolutely anything. That's very exciting. Yeah, you don't hear about the osteitis pubis much these days, but remember a couple of years there, it was the, the trend. Yep. Everyone had oh, osteitis pubis. Um, now it's and, navicular. Yeah. And then it was navicular. Yeah. Now it's, um, uh, what's the ankle injury yeah. called? Synthesmosis. Synthesmosis. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're spot on. And obviously Carl Amon um, leaving opened up that, that wing position and uh, Dersma, uh, Sin, there's going to be a few guys uh, looking to put their hand up to, to take over that role, which uh, which is which is vacant and up for grabs at the moment. So, yeah, he's another one that could jump uh, quite significantly next year. Mm. Um, all right. So, King gives calls well at any stage this morning, one 736 Good to see the Aussies win on Saturday night. And it doesn't matter who they're playing or what the circumstance is. If Australia gets a win, then you're on board, even if it's not a full-strength England lineup, because there's a bunch of players who are preparing for a test series as well. But that's okay. Uh, the thing that I took out of it was Steve Smith. He's absolutely on fire and looks to be at Steve Smith vintage best. You love to see it. 
When Steve Smith is in the zone and hitting them every single shot out of the middle of the bat, there's not a better cricket side in world cricket. No, there's not. Uh, yeah, you're spot on. When when he plays well, the Aussies usually win, and that doesn't matter what format it's in. So uh, he's gone away, twinkered on his his batting a little bit, and uh, whatever he's done, whatever the the uh, changes he's made, it's uh, absolutely working, and he's back in form. Yes, uh, we're going to speak to Ryan Harris just after eight o'clock, and. I go through a bit of a, a comprehensive review so far of the ODI, ODI series against England. Um, top batting lineups, etc. Good to see Travis Head in the runs as well. It looks like he's going to really lock himself in there. Uh, but some of these other players, you know, David Warner is always going to perform at some stage. He's going to be in amongst the runs. Missed out in game two, but he was very, very good in game one. Uh, Megan Shute coming up as well. We're going to speak all things WBBL. She was on fire six for. That's just one of those days out where you sort of feel like every time you bowl a ball, you feel like it's probably going to be a wicket. That would be a good feeling. It would be. She was certainly in the zone. And, yeah, she didn't even get to, to finish off her four overs. No. So Didn't need to. Could have had uh, eight or nine for uh, if she was allowed to do that. But, um, yeah, well, she's going to be, be big in the final series. If she can keep taking wickets, that'll, uh, that'll put us right up there mm. in, uh, in taking home the trophy this year. We asked before, how many Brownlow votes did you get? How many three votes did you get, etc. He said, oh, I'm not really sure. You so do. You so do behind the scenes. Know all those stats. <laughs> Jace did some digging, sent it through. He said, Bryce Gibbs, Brownlow votes, 89 total votes, 145th for votes of all time. Oh, top 150, not bad. 16 times got three votes in a match. 16 times. There you go. Mm. 16 times you were strutting around like a peacock post-match. <laughs> <laughs> Go me. Still straight around with those two votes <laughs> games as well. <laughs> I'll do the one. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no votes. Still strutting around. You got to peacock it up sometimes. Uh, Seven forty-seven on sixteen twenty-nine. SENSA. Doing it thanks to Weeks. Discover a better way to build Weeks homes. Discover different. Megan Shute, what a star she is. We're going to speak to her from the Adelaide Strikers next. For immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Good morning to you. We love seeing Adelaide teams do very, very well. And this side has been absolutely so strong for the last couple of years. Some unfinished business for the Strikers and the WBBL over the last couple of seasons. Next step is to win it all. We'd love to see that. Well, if our next guest keeps bowling the way she's bowling... That, uh, that's going to give us a huge chance in bringing yeah. home the cup this year. What about this? Nice win for the strikers over the Thunder. Thunder, Megan Shute is a star in world cricket, let alone in the WBBL. Six for yesterday, six for 19 on 3.3 uh, overs. They're just unbelievable figures. Uh, good morning, Megan. Good morning, guys. How you going? Hey, take us through an individual performance like that. Um, they talk about uh, athletes being unbelievably in the zone. Is that one of those games where you just felt like every single ball you could somehow take two wickets? <laughs> kind of. I like T Twenty cricket is so unpredictable, and, and on a ground like North Sydney, where there's you know a forty-eight meter boundary, it either works or it doesn't. And I was honestly just trying to ball the best ball that was going to stay out of the arc that went to six over that rope, and I literally repeated the same ball over and over, and they kept uh, falling for it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, some subtle variations, but also some dumb cricket from them at times. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. I like that honesty as well. In, in terms of what are you working on now, Megan? In terms of, um, I suppose, a variety of different deliveries. What, what's what are you perfecting right now? There's a few different things, to be honest. One of them uh, I have not brought out at all in uh, T20 cricket, but it's probably coming a little bit closer to the stumps more so for 
LBW since, you know, with how wide I come and how much swing I get, they kind of tend to be giving nothing out these days for LBW, so that sucks. Um, and then a few other subtle variations that are definitely not game ready yet, but pretty much it's more so about, you know, making the strings on your bow a little bit stronger than adding a whole heap of stuff. And you'd rather have, you know, your, your good stuff at 100% than some other variations at 50. So it's about having plans, you know, D and E while you're out there as well, but perfecting plans A and B for. Just just to educate us, so is, what does the perfect over look like for you? Is it is it six different balls, like six completely different balls in T20 cricket? Yeah, you want to be unpredictable. And as I said, on North Sydney, a ground that's normally about as paradise, you kind of can't afford to be putting the ball in the same spot for six balls. So for me, it's sometimes bowling the same ball, but at different lengths and different lines. So there will be the odd occasion that I'll bowl six stock balls, but kind of obviously change my line, change my length and alter the field at the same time. But um, for myself, I, I enjoy bowling leg cutters and back of the hands. And generally in the power play, it'll just be leg cutters as a change. And then once we have four out, I will start doing back of the hand to allow for a bit more roof error. But pretty much, you know, it's about learning to bowl the same ball on different spots of the pitch. So in a way, you've kind of got a variation that's just um, not a huge change. That's an unbelievable insight there, Megan. Thanks for that. Uh, so... Obviously, so crucial to finish in the top two, and uh, you're going to be waiting to see whether you play the Heat or the Hurricanes, who you've had some pretty close matches with this year. Do you have a preference on who you play, or you just take it as it comes? I'd love to say I'd take it as it comes, but I'd love to beat the Heat. Um, (laughs) They're they're a team we enjoy beating, and we should have won the other week back in Adelaide. So for me, it would be very sweet. to for the heat to beat hurricanes and then and then we smoke the heat. That's that's my dream um, position. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so I mean, give us an insight as well in terms of what I'm really interested in, Megan, is is the chatter that happens out there, which we don't get access to, we don't hear, and I'm sure there's some sort of stuff that probably the stump mics don't pick up. It sounds like there's a bit more going on, and if it's not just on field results, there's a bit more going on with the heat. <laughs> Uh, probably not too much I can discuss on radio. They're just um, one of those teams, you know. Um, individually, I actually quite like them all, but collectively, they're just um, yeah, a bunch of different people. Um, <laughs> so when they're out in the field, the way they play their cricket, it's a bit arrogant in my opinion. So, um, And generally in cricket, we don't really like arrogance. So, um, yeah, we'll try and bring them back down to earth. Very nice. We like this sort of spicy stuff leading up to a, a big couple of finals. Um, what about your side? I mean, you guys have been so good, so consistent all season. You've been so good and consistent for the last few seasons, but you must be happy with uh, a lot of the progress from some of your teammates as well. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, on paper, it's a, it's a great bloody side, but I think our batting still hasn't clicked. It's, it's one thing that we know, it's the elephant in the room. And I mean, we made 144 on North Sydney when, you know, the average winner scores around 175. So, um, we just luckily have a pretty good bowling attack to try and defend that. But pretty much we still haven't played the perfect game. And I think finals is obviously going to be the best time to pull that out. But we've got a team of competitors, um, a team of contributors who don't really rely on the one person. You know, we've only had Tully McGrath make one good score pretty much the whole season. So keep reminding her of that one. But um, yeah, it's pretty much a team that balances each other out. And that's what's got us here. Uh, so it was good to see the skipper make some runs on Friday against the Hurricanes. She pulled up all right from a from a little back niggle. Yeah, yeah, she's pulled up okay. I think it's a little bit of you know cricket Australia being a bit conservative. We do have a tour to India very shortly, so yeah, hopefully um, she can 
you know, come out and maybe bowl a few overs in, in the next few finals, but we haven't really needed her of late, so it's not really required. So how are you going as well, Megan, personally? I think you've had a bit of a thigh injury recently. The body's good otherwise? Yeah, yep, yep, I'm happy with it. Um, pretty much it was, again, CA making a conservative call, so something I don't really like doing, but I do understand. Um, but it teaches me to not be so honest about my body if I don't want to miss a game of cricket. So, yeah, um, yeah it is what it is. It'll be absolutely fine. Is everyone, You guys are playing so much cricket. Is it... Is it manageable or does it catch up with you? Um, probably catch up, if I'm honest. I think, you know, once you get to my age, it's a little bit different and it is about managing and some players aren't so, you know, happy, you know, taking the odd training off or um, not going to that optional hit. And I think as you get older, you really learn to manage your body and, and take those times off. So it's, for me, I guess I've got, you know, the wisdom of age and knowing I can do that whereas opposed to a younger player who's probably going to feel obliged to go to all that and then um, burn themselves out. It is, it's a lot of cricket, and it is going to be about probably managing what, um, I guess, franchise tours we want to go on with the IPO and that coming into play. Um, special moment as well, Megan, before we let you go. We did see against the Hurricanes as well, a young lad who was uh, through the Make-A-Wish Foundation was getting around you guys. I think he was uh, there to see Talia McGrath, and there were some really, really nice images of you spending uh, some time with this young man. What, what, what's a, a situation like that to explain to us? Uh, he, um, yeah, so he's he's only six years old and is battling leukemia, so he is an absolute trooper of a kid, and you just you wouldn't know he was sick. He actually also has pneumonia at the moment. Um, one lung was half filled with fluid, and he got medical clearance to come to our game. So, um, yeah, times like that just, a change of perspective on life and I think that did for Talia it's no coincidence she went out and made runs I think that was an absolute um, driving force for her but I think you know for myself having a 15 month old and and having kids just yeah puts life into perspective that it is just a game of cricket and the fact he wanted to spend his make a wish with us as a team was so damn special and I think it was absolutely beautiful for, for all of us and not just for him to share in those moments and be able to give him some memories. So just oh, last question, how is motherhood going for you? And how, how on earth do you juggle it all? It's an, it's an incredible effort. It's, uh, it's tough, admittingly. Um, it's more so learning to do the things I was doing always, but on a lack of sleep. So um, <laughs> it's fantastic. It honestly is just, again, uh, puts life into perspective. You know, I, I can go and bowl like crap and get hit for you know, 40 for off my overs of Tess Flintoff and then come home and, and Riley's just there and she doesn't care, you know what I mean? She's not <laughs> going to judge me on my cricket performance and she's going to be just as wild and crazy at home whether I play well or not. So, it um yeah, it balances life really nicely and it's just a nice reminder of, of the real things in life, I guess. Kids, the great levelers <laughs> in terms of oh, yeah, professional very honest sport. Too. I love them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but congratulations from your individual performance but also for the team. You guys were on fire and... Uh, now we hope that you go on and you smash the uh, the heat a little bit later on. So thanks so much for your time this morning and best of luck for the rest of the season. <laughs> no worries. Thanks, guys. Megan Shute, how good? Uh, six for last night off 3.3 overs. Uh, and then uh, goes home, visa mum, and then does it all again. <laughs> it's incredible stuff. Yeah, uh, and honest too, just I kept bowling the same ball and they kept <laughs> falling for it. <laughs> how good's that? So that's a good insight, though, like you mentioned, that there's so many different variations. So straight away, you think Megan Shute, you think, yeah, really, really good, solid, fast bowler, but she might have six or seven different uh, deliveries, all completely different, ready to go, to make sure that there's no 
that it's inconsistent, I suppose, yeah. at a T20 level. So the batsmen's are always guessing. Unpredictable. And then you get those sides that uh, don't quite pick up on it and they just keep falling for the same delivery six times in a row. Which is good. Um, all right, let's talk about some uh, men's cricket next. We'll do that with Ryan Harris, of course. The Aussies wrapped up the ODI series against England. Uh, also, we're going to speak to Adam DeLoyer absolute gun who's going to find his way in the draft in a few days' time from the Eagles. Uh, we'll speak to him before 8.30. Keep those texts coming through. 0427-154-166 is the text line. And a big shout-out as well to Weeks. We don't replicate. We create homes that transform lives. Weeks Homes Discover Different just past 8 o'clock, so let's get into the newsroom. I'm better than ever. Big show still to come, and of course you can get yourself involved via the text line 0427-154-166. Time now to chat to one of our very good friends of the show, former test player, and just a really, really nice guy in Ryan Harris. Good morning to you, Rhino. There is Rhino. Good morning to you, mate. We'll get him up as soon as we as soon as we possibly can. In the meantime, good to see you, Bryce Gibbs. You've really, really straightened up this morning. It's been a big weekend, and we've just been recovering and easing into it. Uh, but look, you've recovered beautifully, mate. So congratulations. Thank you. Thanks for the feedback. Uh, mm. A little bit tired this morning, but uh, I've now perked up and uh, good to go. That's all good. Uh, of course, uh, plenty of time to give us a call as well before eight thirty one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Adam Deloyer, uh, hot draft prospect as well from the Eagles. We're going to speak to him before eight thirty. Uh, he's an outstanding young man, and we'll read through some of the uh, comments that his uh, coach, Bangers, has put through. It's the highest praise possible for a young man, so he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's, uh, he's got a good head on his shoulders? Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that before. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> All right, uh, speaking of, let's speak to uh, Ryan Harris. Ryan, good morning. We got you. Yeah, got you, boys. Sorry about that. There he is. Well, good, mate. Good to speak to you this morning. 2-0 um, for the Aussies. Um, what's your take so far on the series? Oh, obviously, pretty pretty good. Uh, sitting at two nil against um, a pretty handy uh, England outfit. Um, oh, I think <clears throat> for me, it's it's just been an important you know series. I guess after the World Cup, um, the disappointment of the World Cup, and having to bounce back quickly and and um, you know win some games. So they're obviously under the under the pump a bit the the team, and uh, albeit a couple of different players, but um, you know it's it's been good. They've you know the the big names have stood up. Warner stood up. Uh, Trap head slotted in nicely at the top. The bowls have uh, stood up. Mitchell Starks um, probably still hurting a bit from being left out of that game in Adelaide against Afghanistan. <laughs> so um, now he's been dangerous as well. So it's been yeah, it's been a, a good sort of series so far. I'm, I'm sure they want to finish it off now, three 0 but um, a good series win. Might be a raging optimist here, Rhino, but uh, I sort of feel like Steve Smith might just peak at the absolute beautiful time. <laughs> find himself. He's found his hands again ahead of the Aussie <laughs> summit. Might be perfect. Yeah, isn't that funny again? That, that old saying, I've, I've, I've lost my hands, I've found my hands again. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, it, it, I don't know. I've been asked this a bit over the last week or so. You know, what what, what is he doing differently? I, I'm not a batting technician, but I just look at the way, you know, the time he has, um, the, 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 the the sound of the, the ball coming off the bat. Um, you know, he's obviously yeah, he's obviously worked pretty hard during that World Cup and wasn't playing um, in, in the sessions that he had. And as you say, just perfect timing coming into... Uh, what is it now? Five tests that are coming up here in Australia. Um, you know, he, he's uh, he looks in great, great nick. So, obviously, a great thing for us, uh, for, for the team. And um, or, you know, I know Steve Smith being left out of the World Cup um, games probably would have well, would have hurt him. Um, so he, he's probably got a bit of a point to prove, and he looks like he's he's going, he's going you know on the right track. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Rhino? With uh, with the series still well and truly alive here, and we know. 
the the schedule for for our cricketers is is quite mm. large. But uh, both captains rested in this game. What did you What did you make of that? Yeah, oh, it, it's a, it's always an interesting argument, I guess. Um, when I first saw that, I I, I thought it was a bit interesting. Uh, you know, coming into the second game, which is a, into a three-game series and the series on the line, uh, resting captains. But um, it's always it's always a fascinating one being being rotated. I mean, as you say, the schedule's so the schedule's so tight and so packed in. Um, you know, that day obviously. Um, both teams have, have planned for that from, from a fair way out. So, um, yeah, look, it, it is surprising in that big game. But, I mean, that, they're going to have to rotate. They're going to have to give guys a break. Um, you know, Josh Butler has had a huge um, workload through that World Cup, uh, same as Paddy. Um, so, yeah, look, it, it, interesting to, to do it in, a, in such a big game, in a, in a, in a sort of series-defining game. But, um, you know, it's just part and parcel of of the cricket these days and how much has been played and um, you know it's not physically possible to play to play every game and, and that's just that's just the fact so um, yeah it, you know it, it is what it is I guess and um, again I don't like the rotation stuff but again um, with, the, with the schedule the way it is it sort of has to be done right from from your view the public perception of the Australian team particularly post T20 World Cup where do you think it sits um, <clears throat> another thing I've <laughs> discussed over the last little bit. Uh, I, I hate hearing that. I, I've read things on social media and, and all that sort of stuff, and, and listened to obviously media. And I, I hate hearing that, that the Australian cricket team is not the most liked team, in, you know, in the country. I, I really, you know, when I was back playing, we had similar stuff going on, um, you know, with people's thoughts, and we were we were too this and too that. And but my my take on it is, and like most Australian teams, you know, the Wallabies are going through a bit at the moment with what they're doing, and. and um, I'm sure the Socceroos will face a little bit of this and well, a bit of scrutiny or hopefully positive um, stuff coming out of the next couple of weeks in the World Cup. But the Australian cricket team, it's always, if, if you're not winning, uh, people are going to criticise you. If we're winning, you know, we're, 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 too, we're, we're too aggressive or we're too this and too that and people aren't going to like you. <laughs> so you're in, a, you're in a win-win, uh, sorry, lose-lose situation there. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's a tough one. I know being in a team and hearing and reading reports like that, it's it's not a nice thing because... You know, the Australian cricket team is no doubt is, if not the, the biggest team in, in the country in, in in Australia. So you just want support and want and want people to, to like you and and you know like the way you play and and you know and support you. So um, you don't like it as a team, as a member of the team when you're in it. But again, you're in a lose lose. You just got to try and keep 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 your eyes in, I guess, and keep worrying about what your job is in the team and and and, and your teammates and, and go from there. Talking about support then, Rhino, uh, the, the last match is at, M- at the MCG on Tuesday, so it's obviously going to be a, a dead rubber. Uh, we've seen some mm. underwhelming crowds so far in these games. Adelaide only, only had 15,000. The SCG was 17. Do, do you reckon uh, we're going to get many there on, uh, on Tuesday or it's going to continue to, oh. be, to be less like it has been so far? Yeah, unfortunately being a dead rubber, probably not. Um, Again, it's, it's it's a bit of it's potentially a bit of a hangover from the World Cup. There's, you know, there's been a lot of cricket. Um, you know, so yeah, look, I, I, you know, the question is, you know, or has been asked as well. You know, is one day cricket dying? I think people have been saying it's dying for the last. Well, I've been retired now for seven years, so probably seven to ten years, and you know, they're still they're still um, they're still playing it. Um, 
So look, it, it's probably a bit of a hangover from the, from the World Cup. I mean, I, I hope that people can get out and support it. The MCG, obviously, having 15 to 20,000 MCG feels like about 100 people because it's so big. So um, let's hope they do get out and support and, and, and enjoy like a, enjoy a series win for Australia and, and, and let's hope that they can do that. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's been disappointing, there's no doubt about that. But let's hope that um, people reset and, and get out and support the Test Series that's coming up um, soon as well. I as well, I so, hope so, mate. No doubt they will as well. Test cricket is still absolutely just a powerhouse, which is really good to see. Mate, appreciate your time this morning. You're always so generous with your time, and hopefully we'll catch up with you again really soon. All right, will do. Thanks, boys. Cheers. Ryan Harris joining us this morning. Uh, look, that Test Series as well coming up against the West Indies. Uh, you just hope the West Indies can put up a a reasonably solid fight. But Test cricket, no matter who they're playing, is still very, very strong. I love that as well. When the big fear when T20 cricket turned up was that it was going to take the shine off uh, Red Bull cricket, it hasn't. It's strengthened it for whatever reason. Yeah, it certainly has, isn't it? And I think we're all looking forward to to the Test series coming up. Um, And I think we'll see a lot bigger crowds than we have seen uh, during the 2020 World Cup and uh, and the the one-day series as well. So um, I'm certainly looking forward to it, that's for sure. Adam DeLoya was a South Australian under-18 captain this year. He's going to get drafted in a few days' time. We're going to speak to him next. Uh, 13 minutes past 8 o'clock. Keep those texts coming through as well. 0427 154 166. Thanks to Thai Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Good morning. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tyre Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Nervous few days ahead of the draft. A lot of exciting youngsters coming through the ranks. Uh, it would have been a, a fun time for you, Bryce. I dare say at this stage before the draft, a few days before, you, you knew you were going in number one. I did. I was lucky enough. I, I knew probably a week or two out that uh, that Carlton were going to read my name out. So uh, gave me a little bit extra time to prepare for it. But um, yeah, it still certainly was nervous leading into the draft, even though I did know that uh, I was going to get picked up. Started making some outrageous purchases as well. Starting to buy fancy cars and jet skis and all sorts of things, weren't you? <laughs> was I? <laughs> <laughs> and probably a different path to what Adam Cooney took when he found out he was going to go number one what months he, before. What did he do? Oh, I don't know. Probably bought a new set of coral necklaces. <laughs> uh, time now to speak to an outstanding young man who is coach. Uh, Tony Bamford has described as one of the most honest footballers he's ever worked with and he's been lucky enough to be involved with. He went on to say he's an exceptional young man, that he was lucky enough to meet his parents uh, and realised this is why the boy is the way that he is. So high praise from the coach. Um, this is a young man who's going to find an AFL home in just a couple of days. His name is Adam DeLoyer. Adam, good morning to you, mate. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Mate, thanks for jumping on board this morning. Um, how are you feeling the days heading up towards uh, draft nights? Uh, no doubt you'd be um, overplaying a, a fair few situations in your head. Yeah, I haven't been trying to think about it too much, I guess. Um, I'm just, I'm, more, I'm into a bit of pre-season with the Eagles, so I've been filling up a bit of time just training out there and yeah, not trying to look too far ahead, I guess. Have you just finished your schooling? Uh, no, I went through year 12 last year, so um, I just had my uni exams actually, so um, that took up a bit of time, and now that that's done, a bit of, a bit of free time on my hands. Very nice, mate. Before we get into the footy stuff, what are you studying at uni? Uh, economics. Beautiful. So yeah, so there's, a, there's, there's brains behind the brawn as well. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Try to keep myself busy. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. So tell us about your, 
your year, Adam, uh, with the Eagles, and uh, you're obviously the captain of uh, the state under 18 side. Um, how did you find your year? And uh, yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, it was a really enjoyable year. I started off playing um, in the under-18s with the Eagles and um, didn't have too much team success, but it was still a good learning experience. And then after that, went into the, the national championships with the state, which was obviously a great privilege to represent the state. And then uh, finished the year playing in a bit of resi's footballs with the Eagles, which was also a great experience. So, mate, when uh, you speak to some of these recruiters and they ask you to describe yourself, what do you tell them? Um, from a football perspective, I'm uh, a contested player, um, someone who's clean and can distribute well to his teammates and um, someone who's pretty consistent and they know what they're going to get from every week. So an, an honest hard worker, is that a fair assumption? Yeah, I'd say that's a fair assumption. Um, yeah, I'm pretty honest in the way I play my football and yeah, always trying to work hard to put the team in the best position to win the game, I guess. Any particular players that you model your game on? Um, I like to watch the best inside mids in the, the game, I guess. So probably like the Clay Nolivers, the Jack Steels, the the way they can win the contested ball and um, set their teams up from there, I guess. So speaking, I've spoken to a couple of your, your teammates who you played in the, the state team with, and we've asked them this question. Uh, we, we all know Jason Horn Francis uh, returned back to Adelaide only after spending uh, 12 months in Melbourne. Where does uh, getting picked up into state sit with you? Is, is that something you're looking forward to or, or may think it might be uh, challenging for you personally? Uh, personally, I'm really looking forward to that um, prospect. I think it would be um, a great learning experience and something that um, would be really exciting to possibly move into state. So if that opportunity comes into state, yeah, I'd take it with both hands and look forward to it. Oh, mate, we've loved watching your progress. You come so highly rated by everyone who's played footy with uh, and against you as well. So um, we're looking forward to seeing where you end up in the AFL next year and we'll be following your progress. Thanks for your time this morning, mate, and good luck. No, thanks, Steve, guys. Appreciate it. Adam DeLoya, uh, an outstanding young man. And, uh, geez, there's a lot of good kids coming through. And Tony Bamford saying he might be right at the top in terms of his personality as well, which is so unbelievably important for these AFL clubs. Yeah, he's uh, got a high praise, mm. does Tony Bamford, for... For Adam DeLoyer, and it's like him to do like a Tom Liberatore, in and under, wins the hard ball, gets it out, um, doesn't mind getting his hands dirty. And, and if he's watching guys like Clayton Oliver, you know, Patrick Cripps, these big bodied inside mids go about their work, um, no doubt he'll have a, an, an immediate impact when he, uh, when he gets picked up at whatever club. Adam DeLoyer, our guest this morning, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances this Christmas. Back next to wrap it all up. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tyre Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, powered by Lumo Energy SA this morning and our good friends at Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances this Christmas. And a final shout-out as well to uh, Daniel Thomas and the team at Morn Team. Big shout-out to those guys down there doing outstanding things. Morn Team Ford Mount Barker for the V6 Ranger. That's where you go, Gibbsy. Uh, well done this morning. You've been outstanding. Good stuff. Bit of a slow start. A little bit tired uh, on a Monday morning first thing, but that's okay. That's completely fine. It's we'll just good. ease into it for a really, really big jam-packed Tuesday. Looking forward to it, Andrew. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Bryce. All right. What a show it's been as well. Uh, Michelangelo Rucci. Megan Shute as well. Uh, we spoke to Ryan Harris just before and draft young gun Adam DeLoyer joined us. So... Big podcast, big day. Uh, conditions across Adelaide today could be a bit windy. It's 
looks like it's going to be, but uh, it's looking okay at the moment. But mm. um, yeah, stay safe if it does pick up a little bit later on. There you go. Just stay safe, in the words of the great man. Catch you tomorrow morning from 6am. Enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.